This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Well, yesterday was indeed an historic day in the United States and in Washington, D.C. For the first time in more than half a century, Congress actually went so far as to hold public hearings exploring UAPs or UFOs and having senior Pentagon officials address the questions of members of Congress. Somebody that's been all over this issue for a long time is Stephen Greenstreet. He's an investigative filmmaker, a video producer. He's host of something called The Basement Office, which we'll talk about, and the former director of ATIP. Very, very honored uh, today of all days to have Stephen Greenstreet on the radio with us. Stephen, thanks so much for joining me on the radio. Uh, Thank you for having me. So, Stephen, I think people have probably heard the term ATIP, um, probably when that front page New York Times magazine, uh, New York Times story, was uh, exploring the funding of entities like ATIP. Uh, can you explain to folks who may not be familiar with ATIP and who may not have heard that term, what exactly was ATIP and what was your role there? Sure. So, ATIP, so the New York Times actually got it wrong. Uh, and not many people know this, but. Uh, ATIP was not the name of the official Pentagon program that people call the UFO program. The actual name of the program was OSAP. And OSAP was a $22 million program, a contract awarded to Robert Bigelow, who then went and investigated paranormal stuff at so-called Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. Um, they, The directors and the program managers talk about werewolves and ghosts and goblins and a whole cornucopia of paranormal spooky stuff. Now, this was not purposely not reported in the New York Times. Uh, the, the unclassified nickname of OSAP was ATIP. It was the unclassified nickname. And the Times only reported about UFOs. They left out all the other spooky stuff because Leslie Kane, who was uh, and Ralph Blumenthal, who co-authored the New York Times article, are you know two you would call UFO advocates, UFO activists, and they wanted to legitimize the UFO topic, so they purposely left some things out, and that was the first domino to fall, uh, which for four and a half years culminated today or yesterday uh, with uh, Congress being pulled into it to. Uh, answer to the people about what the heck these things in the skies are. So a lot of folks have seen uh, Lou Elizondo on 60 Minutes and or, or on Tucker Carlson's show or elsewhere, and they've associated him with ATIP. Was Lou Elizondo actually involved in ATIP, and what was his role if he was? There's no evidence that Lou Elizondo was the director of a program called ATIP at all. Uh, the initial story was that he was um, a director of ATIP and that he was, uh, you know, had a management position, you know, of this Pentagon UFO program. And as it turns out, uh, it was more of a hobby. And, you know, I just recently did a big report for the New York Post. It's a 43-minute documentary. I show documents in there. He concedes it was an activity. It was a hobby of his. It, was a, it wasn't an official program at all. He, uh, you know, he says he wasn't part of the official program, which was OSAP, which was that werewolf thing out in Utah. Um, And he's just appropriated the story for himself. Um, 
it's my impression that he's a, a, a disingenuous person um, who, who is claiming things that he can't back up or prove. Wow. Uh, so to be clear, though, you worked for the government, though, in your role with ATIP investigating all this paranormal stuff. I I. No, I'm a uh, I'm a investigative journalist with the New York Post. Uh, so you you were never then the former director of ATIP. Uh, just so I, I will say, no, I was not the director of ATIP. But I there is as much evidence that I was the director of ATIP as there is that Lou Elizondo. I see. Was the I director. see. I think that was just some Twitter irony or Twitter humor that was lost on me and maybe lost on some members of the audience. And I appreciate uh, I appreciate the no. clarification. Uh, now, no problem. Um, Give me your impressions on what happened on uh, Capitol Hill yesterday. What did you think of these hearings? It's exciting. I mean, to a certain degree, it's really exciting, right? Because, you know, this hasn't happened for, for decades where uh, on Capitol Hill they're talking about UFOs and they're looking at photos and they're looking at videos. That, that, that was exciting stuff. And look, there's a real issue here. There is a real issue here. We have an airspace awareness problem, an airspace safety problem. We probably have foreign actors flying over American critical infrastructure, uh, over military spaces. These things are happening, and it's good uh, that this is that this is being talked about. You know, there are near misses, near misses, commercial airliners packed with people having near misses with unidentified aerial systems, whether they be drones, balloons, who knows? There's a big problem, uh, and it's been. I think the American government and American military, for the most part, has been asleep at the wheel, and they're playing catch up. So it was good. There were no aliens today. There was more of the same blurry. You know, blurry little images that you can't even understand, like what they're looking at. There was no smoking gun. Uh, There are a handful of congressional leaders who are admittedly sci-fi fans. And so these guys are kind of taking the reins and perhaps embellishing it a little bit more than it should. Uh, so in terms of the significance of today's hearings, it sounds like uh, maybe it, the real significance was kind of destigmatizing this and showing that Congress is willing to take this seriously, more so that than anything that came out of the hearing itself. Yeah, you know, that's that's important because, you know, there is a stigma within the military that was preventing pilots from reporting you know, near misses with mm. objects and things like that. And it, it it did become a very documented safety issue. And so destigmatizing that is a very positive thing. But again, I want to emphasize that the main reason those hearings on UFOs happened was a domino effect that started with this $22 million OSAP program that investigated everything under the sun, goblins, ghosts, everything, and then a, a, a inaccurate story in the New York Times that was copied and pasted around the world thousands of times and has just steamrolled and snowballed into this kind of mass circus, this hysteria. And it's le- it, it, the main reason those hearings happened was because of that. Well, I, I want to uh, ask a little bit more about the werewolf aspect of things, because that's something that hasn't gotten sure. the kind of attention uh, that the UFOs have. But um, the number that the Pentagon officials came out with at this hearing was not the 144 uh, documented sightings by the military that they can't explain. It was a number around 400. Now, that was a much... Uh, 
a b- larger number than the one that's been reported since this director of national intelligence report last year. Were you surprised that that number of no. unexplained sightings? You weren't. No, I, uh, no, I was not. I mean. Start by saying you have to understand perhaps how the military classifies unidentified. For example, currently, right now, out in the public, the, the Navy has a database. It's open to the public, and they have a folder called UFO. And you could, it's these, these are uh, public domain documents. You click in the UFO, and you see pictures, uh, FLIR, you know, night vision pictures taken by the Navy of literally a quadcopter. I mean, it's crystal clear quadcopter drone, but underneath they classify it as unidentified. And the reason why they classify it as unidentified is because not because they don't know what it is. They just don't know where it came from or who Mm. owns it. So the military could know what it is, but not where it came from. And it's still a technically a UFO or technically a UAP. And so, no, I'm not surprised that there are hundreds. In fact, that's a low number to me. There's clutter. We have airborne clutter. You read the Navy hazard reports of what pilots are almost running into, according to them, almost daily off the East Coast. And you're not reading about saucers and Tic Tacs. You're reading about balloon-type objects and drone-type objects and fixed-wing-type objects and uh, tons of them. So, so yeah, that, the number 400 doesn't surprise me. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. One of the explanations uh, that uh, the Pentagon officials had yesterday was something that you sort of just alluded to, uh, sort of debris that was over airspace and better ways of detecting this debris and uh, the prevalence of drones. Uh, Do you find that those explanations, uh, and they also mentioned that they're now encouraging members of the military, including naval pilots, to report these things more, which might not have been encouraged years ago. Did you find that explanation satisfactory of drones, debris, and better reporting techniques? Oh, oh, yes. Yes. I mean, that is what's needed here. Look, the last four and a half years has been a free-for-all when it comes to this topic. I mean, fact-free hysteria about this topic. It's fun. I mean, let's all admit it. Those are fun. It's fun to think about and stuff. But there's a real issue here. And I'm glad, you know, some adults are in the room to kind of say, like, look, the reporting needs to be better. It needs to be more streamlined. We need to be more specific and we need to address what's really going on. Because, look, I'll say it again. There is a solid chance and and evidence shows that foreign adversaries are flying near above our critical infrastructure and our military sites here in America. Do you have a theory as to what foreign adversary that is specifically? Are we talking China, Russia, something else? Uh, well, I'll give a specific case that made news. Uh, 2019, uh, Navy vessels had uh, multiple nights of unknown objects swarming their ships. And from my investigation into that, it I wouldn't put it past China. And this is 70 miles off the coast of California. 
I wouldn't put it past China. China's been um, pushing further and further across the Pacific. They've been harassing our Navy for years uh, now, and I think it's completely possible. One thing that might blow your mind is China's involvement and relationship with the Mexican cartels. Hmm. They are, China is the number one importer of fentanyl which is the number one like drug coming out of Mexico and China feeds that in, you know, into Mexico and then they feed it into the United States. And lo, lo and behold, what do we have happening down at the border? Sightings of strange, really high, you know, high tech drones, you know, down there by the Mexican border. And so it's a whole bunch of stuff that I don't think people are aware of that I think, and then I'm glad Congress is kind of bringing it up because this stuff needs to be talked about. It's starting to sound like maybe aliens are not routinely visiting us, in your view, Steve. I, I don't believe aliens are routinely visiting us. If aliens were routinely visiting us, we wouldn't have to have a hearing on on Capitol Hill to, like, you know, discuss it or get to the bottom of it. It would, you know, in my opinion, it would be obvious what was going on. And there's no, no evidence. There's no evidence. None of the videos that the military has released shows anything extraordinary whatsoever there is nothing crazy in any of these videos it's the stories man it's the stories behind it that sell it and that's all we have right now stories yeah so you are a renowned uh, ufo investigator you've uh, debunked a lot of the footage that uh, people have claimed was a uh, a smoking gun including the these pyramid shaped objects these green glowing right. pyramids what did the pentagon officials have to say about that yesterday well it was cool like you know a, a year plus ago when you know everyone was discussing it some really keen-eyed people recognized that the, the triangle shape was actually bokeh, which is actually an out-of-focus object. Mm. And the out-of-focus object, it, it turns into the shape of the camera's iris. Some camera irises are round. Some of them are triangular. So in this case, the camera iris was triangular. You're not looking at a triangle object. And it was cool today, you know, yesterday that uh, we had, you know, members point that out. And they talked about the focus in the camera iris and mm. the triangular iris. And it was it was kind of cool to to kind of hear that validation officially from Capitol Hill. Uh, no, I can imagine uh, that must have been very rewarding. Now, you've been very critical of the media uh, firestorm that that New York Times article uh, created. I did see on Twitter yesterday that you were uh, walking around and reading from a book called UFOs and Nukes. Uh, what is that book, if people aren't familiar with it? <laughs> yeah, so that was a little bit of a joke. So, you know, the UFO believers were up at arms and upset that Congress did not address or, or didn't seem to be educated on claims that UFOs have supposedly turned our nuclear weapons off in the past. This is a big folklore story that comes out of right. the 60s. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this book that I was holding, UFOs and Nukes, it's basically a, a, a UFO believer who also believes he's an alien abductee, wrote this book about how aliens have been turning our nukes off throughout history, although they haven't done it re anytime recently, which is strange. Yeah, now's when we could use them, right? <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's like it's been a it's been a hot second, supposedly, since these aliens have turned off our nukes. But it is 
based on something real. A lot of these stories are start with something real. In 1967, 10 nuclear weapons did go offline at Malmstrom Air Force Base in Montana. That's true. That happened. It happened to be some kind of electrical fail, signal failure, which was fixed by Boeing within a few weeks. And this is all documented. But out of there came like all these crazy stories that like saucers showed up and they were like shining beams on the nukes. And this is, you know, a story snowballs. You, you follow the story over the years and it just gets crazier and crazier. Uh, so anyway, that's uh, UFOs and nukes in a nutshell. And did you really go door to door yesterday? No. I should have. No, I was just joking that, you know, there was, there's this, um, that was me. And I probably should have done hashtag sarcasm, but that was just me. There is this like, um, religious aspect. Oh, no question. To, to UFOs. And there's this proselytization where people feel like they have to get the message out and go, you know, figuratively or, or literally not on doors. And, I think a lot of UFO believers were very upset by the hearing because they weren't hearing the stories they were so used to be mm. validated, and that upset them. And so my 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 thing on Twitter yesterday was just kind of like a wink and a nod sure. at the whole missionary aspect of things. Uh, it sounds like overall you found the performance from these Pentagon officials pretty impressive. I think they they did the best they could with what they had. I mean, mm. you you saw that. I mean, they were, they were literally looking at blurry dots on a screen. I think with with what they have, they're they're doing the best they can. You know, they've been mandated to do this and so they obviously they have to do it. Um and, but I think it was spoken today like we need better data. We need better mm. stuff to work here, guys. I think, you know, you heard that. We need m- better stuff to look at and analyze here and that it just isn't there yet but that's not to say who knows what's being said behind closed doors during the classified section of the hearing you know maybe that's where the goods are <laughs> let's hope so if people just tune in, we talk with Stephen greenstreet he's a video producer a ufo investigator host of the basement office and a contributor for the new york post and a, a frequently cited debunker of uh, various ufo conspiracy theories what is the basement office Stephen? the basement office is a uh, video series uh starring myself and in, in ufologist nick pope and we've done we're our third season, it's for the New York Post. I started the show as a believer. Complete, you know, I was into it. I was a believer. I believed Lou Elizondo. I believed the New York Times article and all that stuff. And it wasn't until about a year ago when I started to go, wait, what if I'm wrong? And I started digging and, you know, I dug up documents and, and, and anecdotal evidence. And, and I realized this whole thing was just a crazy story that spiraled out of control. And, has, you know, and the media keeps, keeps repeating it because, you know, you probably know this. A lot of media today is fast and quick. And so they, they just a big story comes out. Other media outlets just copy and paste that. And then they put out their own version of it. They're not doing their own digging. It's just copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. So if a, when the New York Times article came out, it got copied and pasted. It's the paper of record. So everyone doubted it. So everyone copied and pasted it by the hundreds. And then it was just like you couldn't stop it at that point. Oh, no, no doubt about it. So do you think the UFO moment that we're experiencing now, which led to these hearings yesterday, the sort of media hysteria that we've seen over the last five years, do you think that's a result of people just um, wanting to believe, to borrow a phrase from the X-Files, or is it result is a re- result of 
intentional deception and, I don't know, hucksterism? Yeah, a little of both. Uh, a little of both. Look, some of these folks I do believe believe it, meaning they're true believers. They're not complete con artists or anything. They believe that something's there. And there is something there, which I've you know previously have discussed, but there's no doubt that they are the main actors here aren't being truthful. In fact, they admit it. You know, Chris Mellon told, you know, military.com, I am purposely withholding information about the real program, OSAP, from congressional leaders because I don't want them to know or think that we're crazy. So I'm purposely withholding information. So there is a whole bunch of kind of disingenuous stuff that's mm. happening and has happened. And, uh, you know, I just want people to know about the werewolves. First, well, uh, so let's talk he... about let's talk about the werewolves. So, um, yeah. did the government really fund, uh, in part or, or or in large part, a program that part of its domain was investigating werewolf sightings? So that was incidental. So here's what happened, and you know, I made this documentary just dropped last week about it. Um, James Lukatsky, who was the real director, and I have the documents with his name on it, the real director of the real Pentagon program, James Lukatsky, went to Senator Reid and said, I believe in UFOs, and I also believe in other paranormal stuff. Give me money so I can investigate. Harry Reid, being a believer, said, great, but how the hell are we going to convince Congress to give us $22 million for this. And Lekatsky said, don't worry, I'll write a program that doesn't mention UFOs and it doesn't mention werewolves and it doesn't mention paranormal stuff. I'll just use generic scientific language. He did that. It was signed off on. They got the money and they went to Skinwalker Ranch in Utah where they, you know, it's on record. You can look at it. They, 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 there were werewolves, they, uh, poltergeist hauntings, multiple poltergeist hauntings. Goblin owls, like these giant goblin owls that were attacking them, all this spooky stuff, UFOs, literal flying saucers. I mean, you name it. And this, they, this is where the money was spent. This is what the program was. The Pentagon had no idea. It wasn't until the Pentagon started getting reports in where they went, whoa, 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 wait, what? <laughs> what are you guys doing? And they shut the program down. When they found out what was going on, they shut it down. That's the story. Uh, you know, so how many werewolves did they find? <laughs> werewolves. So in the in the tell-all book that Lakatsky wrote with another project manager, they mention I believe three different werewolves. There's one werewolf that was hunt that stalking one particular officer. Hmm. And uh yeah, and and they they talk about these hitchhikers. They claim these people claim that when you are when you interact with the paranormal, it attach, attaches itself to you and follows you wherever you go. So you leave Utah, go back home to Virginia. Now your family in Virginia is haunted. Now you're seeing werewolves outside your kitchen window. Now X, Y, and Z. This is what they claim. Wow. Happened. Yeah, it's wild, man. It's so wild, and no one. The story no one knows about it. Like hardly anyone no, knows about I, it because. I, 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 the, yeah. yeah, I'm glad, glad if people want to see more about this, they can uh, they could see your work at the basement office. You could search Stephen Greenstreet on YouTube or yeah. the basement office on it's YouTube. YouTube dot com backslash NY Post. What is yeah. your uh, take on uh, Congressman Tim Burkett, the uh, the Tennessee Republican that has made this sort of his cause celeb? Yeah, God love him. Right. I mean, he's passionate about it. He uh, he believes, and this is a direct quote from him, he believes that UFOs are in the Bible, 
Yeah, um, he said you know, that recently on our radio station, actually. Yeah, he talks about yeah. Ezekiel's wheel and says, well, you know, UFOs are in the Bible, so obviously they exist, so obviously they're real. You know, um, I'm not sure that kind of scientific analysis would fly at the end of the day, but, you know, he's passionate about what he believes. And look, this is cyclical. When you go back to Project Blue Book and you go back to the 60s, right, the same thing happened. You had your sympathetic congressional leaders who believed it all and pushed for stuff. And then at the end of the day, you had like the Condon report and it was all shut down for decades. And now we're just going through the same motions again. <laughs> uh, did you, by the way, did the research from Lekatsky and others ever determine if a silver bullet is the best way to stop a werewolf or is it something else? Is that just a popular misconception? So that was a silver bullet not discovered, though they do not like Katsky, but previous owners of Skinwalker talk about shooting multiple bullets into a werewolf and it being it standing there unharmed and unaffected. Wow. So I... bulletproof, more bulletproof werewolf. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> what is the world coming to if even a silver bullet won't stop a werewolf? Hey, Stephen Greenstreet, uh, you could check out his work at the New York Post. Uh, just search the basement office. You can check out some great videos on YouTube as well. Thanks so much for the time this morning. I know you're very much in demand this week. I appreciate you making some time with us. Of course, this was fun. Thank you. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, 800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead.